As your host of Solving Water Asylum podcast, I'm excited to bring you a special three-part series on digital technology and smart infrastructure with Colin Sable, Xylem's Senior Vice President and President of Measurement and Controls. Each episode will delve into a different aspect of digital transformation in the water utilities market, helping our listeners identify ways to maximize their investment in digitalization, build utility, water infrastructure, and community resilience, and learn the benefits of shared technological infrastructure across the entire water cycle. This three-part series will air on Solving Water, your primary source for all your industry updates and expertise. Subscribe and stream anywhere you get your podcasts, and you can also find Solving Water and all our past episodes on our Podbean landing page by clicking the link in our show notes. It's an exciting, challenging, and critical time to be a part of Xylem's movement to solve water. You're invited to join us on this journey to expand your knowledge of the innumerable ways to get involved and help us address the issues of global water accessibility, affordability, scarcity, and quality for a better future for all. I'd like to move on to the next topic of our series, which takes the concept of digital technology and smart water infrastructure one step further as a critical element of building resilience for utilities and communities. So welcome back, Colin, for the second installment of our digital technology and smart infrastructure series. We're going to tackle resiliency, including some key causes and how utilities can better prepare, respond, and restore service for communities in the wake of both known and unknown issues. Good to have you back. Nice to be here. Thanks, Amanda. So building resilience into infrastructure strategy is more important than ever, and and essential considerations for utilities putting together a business case for water system investments, right? So they want to understand how they can make sure resilience is a key part of their strategy. What are the primary factors raising the importance of ensuring resilience measures are included in infrastructure plans? Well, first and foremost, uh, water infrastructure is aging, uh, especially here in the U.S., We've got 300,000 water main breaks in the U.S. um, every year, and that's one every two minutes. And that costs the industry millions of dollars. Um, But more importantly, it's it's a real threat to our ability to sustainably produce water for the communities and and our businesses uh, that rely on it so heavily. And so um, that's just a backdrop. And I think, secondly, climate change is contributing to adverse weather events. We've got hurricanes, we've got droughts, and communities need to protect against the environmental impacts like floods and power outages and sewer overflows and and even saltwater intrusion that occurs in our source water sometimes. So uh, several good reasons to pay more attention to resilience. Absolutely. And so you, you mentioned a few of the challenges that water utilities will face in terms of um, climate change, but what about aging infrastructure? W- what are some of the, the key things that are, are barriers to getting after and addressing this, this aging infrastructure? Well, I think the first barrier is those assets are, are buried. Um, you can't just take a look at them. You have to use techniques to, to gain access to the information you need to, to build a good plan. And so it starts with understanding where those potential failure points are um, throughout the water and wastewater network and figuring out how they can be mitigated. And 
that will allow utilities to better direct their capital at the biggest problems um, or uh, potential problems as it relates to resilience. And a couple of ways that we do that, we help utilities to do that. Uh, we work with utilities to plan out what water pipeline replacement programs. And a lot of utilities still to this day are replacing pipelines based on their age alone. Uh, they just timestamp them when they're installed. And then after a certain number of years, they remove them uh, in a scheduled replacement. And many old pipelines are in really good shape. They pulled them out of the ground and they were perfectly fine. And other newer pipelines are decaying because of the environment that's around them, the pressure under which they operate, the pressure transients that occur from time to time, and the physical environment that surrounds that pipe when it's buried. And so we can use artificial intelligence and other predictive modeling tools that we put into the pipelines and the wastewater pipelines to really understand what those, the true condition of the, of the pipe is so that utilities can target certain sections of pipe when they need to, re, need to be replaced and preserve that capital uh, more effectively. And are there, is this, this, I mean, this sounds awesome and something I would have never really thought about in terms of aging infrastructure and water main breaks specifically is that we're, you know, some utilities are actually repairing good pipes that they don't need to repair just based on their, their schedule and their approach. Um, do you have an example to share of any uh, utilities that like rise to the top of your mind that, that are, you know, working with us and, and, and changing the way that they're addressing these main breaks? Yeah, I think utilities uh, across the, the country and across the globe are learning about this technology and starting to implement it more and more. You know, right now, this technology is most useful in large diameter pipes, the large water mains that move uh, water to the smaller lines that uh, then go to homes and businesses. But technology is advancing pretty rapidly and making it so that those utilities cannot just look at the largest diameter pipes, but to move into some of the smaller trunk lines and allow them to avoid breaks and leaks in those areas as well. And, you know, it's interesting to note, I think a lot of our listeners will know this, but uh, non-revenue water or water losses after the water has been uh, cleaned and moved towards the location where it's going to be used the losses oftentimes account for up to 30% of the water that goes into one end of a pipe never makes it out to the other because it is either leaked through a crack or, or a decay in the pipeline or a burst. So utilities across the globe are starting to recognize that this is uh, a preventable and, and addressable issue and are, are really adopting the technology. That's great. So then how does implementing a smart utility network also support resiliency? Like what, what do, when we, how does Xylem define resilience and, 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 you know, what are ways that implementing a smart utility network can help support that? Yeah. So natural disasters uh, and other water emergencies are affecting water systems around the world. Um, heavy rainfalls, uh, other uh, challenges in the environment are oftentimes causing um, systems to be overwhelmed. And so we can help communities to prepare for and recover from severe weather events using technology and some smart infrastructure solutions. And disaster response and recovery work is a part of our business, 
but it's also part of how we give back to our communities through Watermark. And I just, maybe I'll address both of those. From a business standpoint, when a hurricane or a major weather event occurs in a city, um, it floods businesses and homes and parts of, of that, uh, that city. And so we can send in uh, 24 hours, seven day a week kind of drainage assistance to help dewater cities and critical infrastructure that the city needs to get back up and running. We also uh, deal with these kinds of uh, weather issues and, and overwhelming of cities through our watermark efforts. Um, watermark is our social responsibility program. And part of that program is where we work with non-governmental organizations around the world to provide financial support and clean water to communities that have been ravished by storms that don't have the economic wherewithal to be able to get out of it themselves. And so that's something I'm really proud of as, as a, a company that we can both make money for our shareholders by supporting communities in their times of need, but also communities that can't get on their own two feet on their own. Uh, we really believe in giving back to our communities and helping them when they need it. Yeah, I'm really glad you brought up Watermark because I think that, you know, we're, we're such in the thick of, of the business side of the discussion and, you know, Watermark is such a critical critical component to our ability to serve these communities that, you know, are faced with these disasters or, um, you know, aging infrastructure and need support from a strategy standpoint. Yeah. And Amanda, you know, I, I, I might just weigh in here a bit more. I'm very passionate about our Watermark program. And, uh, you know, during the pandemic, there were so many moments when utilities in developed parts of the world just wanted to work side by side with us and wanted us to work side by side with them to help their communities through the pandemic and, and even just to get out and volunteer um, and help support them. And it really helped us come together as an industry and, and certainly for Xylem to get closer to its customers and vice versa. But I think the industry as a whole really came together and rallied behind the critical nature of the work that we do every day. Yeah, it's, it's funny you mentioned that. I was talking to Claudia Toussaint and Austin Alexander yesterday about our sustainability report, and they were talking about um, just how tight-knit the water community is and how you know great it is to be part of Xylem and then have this Watermark program as another connection point to all these other you know, organizations and communities out there. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a real... Uh, gathering point, I think, this fact that water is so critical to our communities. Um, it's it's pretty easy to get people excited and rallied around it. For sure. Uh, just a couple more questions for you. I, I wanted to take a step back and, and help help our listeners get an understanding of, of where to start, right? So if we look at aging infrastructure as a known issue, right, the utilities know that their infrastructure needs addressing um, so they need support with how to approach that. But then if there's also this, these unknown issues, right, this, these natural disasters or, or, or effects of climate change, you know, where, where do utilities start? Like, how do they know <laughs> what steps to take to make sure that they're addressing these things, um, you know, and biting off little bits at a time instead of trying to tackle the whole thing at once? Yeah, I think, you know, every utility is a little different, um, partly by its geographic presence, where, where it's located. 
Um, if you're in a hurricane prone zone, you might have different priorities than uh, if you're not. As an example, if your infrastructure is relatively new, it's a newer community, more recently developed, aging infrastructure may be less of an issue than if you had a different environment. A rapidly expanding community might have other challenges uh, than one that's uh, uh, fairly static in terms of its development. So there's a, a really wide range of possible challenges. And I think having a holistic view of what's happening in the community um, where it's situated, what its challenges are, where it's spending its money today relative to its peers. And some of our trade associations are just terrific at helping utilities to understand how they compare to their peers. I think that's a great place to look. Um, those are also great places to gather with like-minded people who've gone through similar challenges and reaching out to, to providers to that industry like Xylem. Um, and experiencing or gaining from the experience that we've had in helping utilities think about the entire water cycle uh, are good places to start. I, I would also say, though, that you know, a resilient strategy must consider the entire clean water to wastewater network. And we have some utilities in the United States and around the world that only focus on clean water and some that only focus on wastewater. I think as a community, those entities need to work together to look at the vulnerabilities of the entire water cycle that's serving that community because a water system is only as good as its weakest link. So if you perfect your clean water system, but you haven't addressed your wastewater system, it'll come back and bite you. So I think it's an important holistic strategy that's that's required. Yeah. And we're we're going to dig into that a little bit more in our next episode of the series. Um, so I'm really looking forward to, to hearing your thoughts about how there can be more of that connection there. But, you know, what else should utilities be taking into consideration when developing their resilience strategies? Anything else to add? Well, I think um, most utility uh, organizations don't have a budgetary process that accounts for building a resilient strategy. Resilient strategies are not free. Um, it does take money over long periods of time to address decade developed problems um, and vulnerabilities. And the environment is changing. And so the vulnerabilities are changing. And so I, I would encourage all utilities to think during their budgetary cycle about what over the long term needs to be invested in and begin the process of establishing uh, portions of their budget to be able to address resiliency over a longer period of time. I also would love to see utilities build the resiliency benefits into their business cases. I know it's really hard to put dollars and cents to something that may be as, as long-term and amorphous as climate change. But I think the more we force ourselves to build a business case around it, the more likely we are to win the funds necessary to support the implementation of such strategies. So it's a, it's a big transition that we all need to go through. Absolutely. That's a really great insight. And, you know, overall, Colin, thank you so much for this conversation because you've really crystallized the importance of ensuring resiliency planning is included in digital infrastructure strategy and investment. And I think, you know, at least for me, you've also further emphasized just how critical the federal infrastructure proposal is to supporting our communities across the U.S. It sure is. Thanks, Amanda. 
Subscribe now to Solving Water, a Xylem podcast, so you don't miss a single episode, including our final of three in our series about digital technology and smart water infrastructure. Another thank you to our audience for tuning in. We've got new links for more info on today's resiliency discussion in the show notes. Make sure to access all Solving Water episodes on Podbean or anywhere you get your podcasts and contact me with guest nominations, show topics, or feedback at amanda.holloway at xylem.com.